Denmark has a bit of jazz history. It's a kind of a colony in Denmark of uh, American jazz musicians. Let's see, there was um, Dexter Gordon, Ben Webster, Stan Getz, Oscar Pettiford, pianist Kenny Drew, Tony Heath. And now, actually, I'm the only one. No, that's not true. There's a, a drummer, but he's retired also. A retirement home in a small coastal town in Denmark. I like the atmosphere here. We're very close to water. I can walk. Well, see, I don't walk, but I mean, if somebody goes for a walk with me in my chair, I can go right down, almost down to the water. I've actually never lived that close to the water. This is uh, what the Danish call a playam. We would call it a uh, nursing home, actually. An old man in a wheelchair, glassy, blind eyes. I was born in uh, the state of Pennsylvania, and the city is called Pittsburgh. I was born in uh, 1931. His long fingers rest on the arm of the wheelchair. I guess I'm where I'm supposed to be because uh, I'm at the other end of my life, actually. Piano fingers. I've lived a little more than half of my life here in Denmark. They're stiff now, crooked. They don't play anymore, but they used to. I came here in 1972. Because this is a story about an American jazz pianist. A portrait of Horace Palin, produced by me, Rikke Holt. I don't know who my uh, real parents are. Whoever my real mother was, she left me on the doorstep of a children's home. She probably couldn't support me. Whoever the father was, uh, I think he might have disappeared. It was back in the uh, days of uh, the Depression. Not so much work for anybody, actually, in America at that point, especially for black people. There was still uh, a form of racism. My adoptive parents, they are the only parents I, I knew. They always encouraged me to do the best I could. The only thing they did not support was the fact that I decided to, to be a musician. 
they felt that uh, music would be too hard a profession for someone who they considered to be handicapped. And that's why they wanted me to be a lawyer. But once I began listening to music, I began to hear things that made me think that I should go another way. They were lovely people, and they did take care of me. I, I just couldn't uh, let their will bend mine. In the beginning, it was church music because uh, my adoptive parents, they were Baptists. Sometimes I feel like a motherless child. Sunday school, morning services every Sunday. I don't know, I didn't look at religion in the same way that my parents did, but... Uh, I enjoyed the music. Sometimes I feel like a motherless child. Sometimes I feel like a motherless child. Sometimes I feel like a motherless child a long way from home. Horace spends his days in the nursing home in his wheelchair at a table. I'm just behind it here. He's been blind for eight years. To his left is a phone, a glass of water. To his right, a stack of audiobooks. Around his neck, a talking clock for the blind. And on his wrist, an alarm in case he needs assistance. Uh, oh yeah. In front of him is his radio, preset to the jazz channel. Uh, I hear all this music. I, that's that's what so enjoyable about having uh, that that ra radio because uh, they play both newer things and a lot of the older things. In fact, I hear. From time to time, I hear some of my own things being played. A summer evening 60 years ago in Pittsburgh, America, 1956. The young Horace Parlin walks into the Musicians Club in Pittsburgh's Lower Hill District. It's past midnight and the room is nearly empty. He buys a drink and sits down at the piano, playing the chords with his left hand and phrasing with the two fingers on his right hand that are not crippled. Horace has been playing jazz seriously for more than 10 years, but he still gets thrown off the stage during jam sessions. That's how it works. Come back when you're better. I just kept going back. That's how it got better. I was stubborn. This evening in the club, he's practicing by himself. Just playing a little bit. Uh, when Charles Minkus walks in. He asked me if I wanted to play some. They've never met before. And uh, I said, okay. I figured that we'll play a couple of tunes, but it ended up with we played and played and played and played. Jazz icon Charles Mingus and the young Horace Parlin one night in 1956. They play into the small hours. And when it, when it was over, he said, uh, you ought to come to New York. 
and Mingus does not seem to notice Horace's crippled hand. When I was five years old, I, I developed polio. One night I was uh, getting ready to go to bed and uh, suddenly I couldn't walk. My whole right side was uh, paralyzed. My parents, they prayed every, every day and, and of course, uh, they called the doctor. He said it was polio, and, but uh, that there was nothing that they could do really to, to help it. This was a lot of years before that vaccine. One morning I woke up, I put my legs out and I could walk. Uh, by some miraculous act, I recovered, but it left me where I could only use my arm and my leg partially. I have no control really over the fingers on my right hand. When I studied piano, I only used the first two fingers of my right hand. It's lunchtime. A nurse knocks on the door and pushes Horace to the dining area. The residents sit around two large tables. Little conversations take place about the food, the weather. Some residents are far away in dementia. Horace sits at the end of the table. And he always seems to be smiling. His head is tilted slightly backwards as if his blind eyes are looking for the sun. After lunch, Horace has physiotherapy. He slowly rises from his chair, holding on to the bedpost, sits down again, stands up, his legs shaking from the strain. He sits down, stands up, again and again. Okay. Afternoon. Hey, Archie. An old colleague. I'm feeling okay, man. Jazz saxophonist Archie Shep on the phone from Paris where he lives. Um, you know, listening to a lot of music, and I've been to a lot of live concerts. Did you hear any cool cats lately? Kenny Byrne. Uh, oh man, he's he's a monster. What did you have for dinner? Archie asks. We had a vegetable soup and uh, franks and uh, potato salad. Archie Shep and Horace Pollan both grew up in Pennsylvania with Sunday school and spirituals. And in 1977, they met in Copenhagen, and together they recorded their jazz version of the old spirituals. Sometimes I feel like motherless child. And they both remember how tears ran down their cheeks while they were playing. I'll never forget it, really. 
that recording and also that of being in church in those young days when I was coming up. You know, the spirit of the music was always there. And, uh, nobody knows the trouble I've seen. Nobody knows my sorrow. My Lord, what a morning, my Lord, what a morning. But they all mean mean something, you know. You take have a good evening, Yeah, you take care, man. Thank you, brother. All right. Peace. Bye-bye. You're listening to a portrait of jazz pianist Horace Parnum here on the BBC World Service. Jazz was my mantra. That's the place I first played when I came to Denmark. And also, it's there that I met my wife. She had been going into my mantra for, I think, seven years. When we met, we were together, that was what, 25? 37 years, actually, yeah. And of course, she loved music. It always made me feel good being around her. She wasn't afraid to talk to anybody about where I came from. The fact that I was a black man, that didn't even enter into it. It was, she, she liked me for what I was, you know, for what I could do. In 1957, a year after playing with Charles Mingus that night in Pittsburgh, Horace leaves for New York. He arrives at his hotel. It was 52nd Street and Broadway. He steps out of the taxi, and the first person he sees is Charles Mingus strolling down the street. Charles and Martha Taylor, they came walking around the corner from, from Broadway. Why don't you come and play with us tonight, Mingus says. That started the whole thing. It was like a, call it a chain reaction, maybe. <laughs> I lived in New York for uh, almost 14 years before I came to Denmark. New York had a very special atmosphere. But things changed in the 70s. A lot of drugs and alcohol. Horace saw many friends lose that battle. Tension. I ended up buying a gun, but fortunately I never got a chance to use it. Less work. Didn't have anything with jazz. I worked uh, in some mafia clubs. He was mugged at gunpoint. When that happened, I said, that's it. I got to get out of here. A drummer named Leroy Williams, he had played in Denmark at the Momonta with some other group, and he was talking about the atmosphere, and uh, it, it, it interested me. So I decided that I would come here that following spring. I don't have any relatives in 
It's from my adoptive parents who've been dead for years. This one friend, uh, Marvin, he lived in a house which was just around the corner from where I lived. And he had his uh, phonograph. We would sit for hours and just listen to one record after the other. That's how the music began to, to affect me in a way that I, I, uh, I wanted to learn something about the music and learn how to play it. Uh, uh, Dolores, this is Horace Farland. Oh, Horace, how are you? I'm okay. I'm okay. <laughs> it's so good to hear from you. Yes. I finally got hold of your number again. I had lost it because, uh, you know, I'm blind. It's a result of diabetes. Oh, my. How is Marvin doing? Sorry about that, really. Yeah. He rocks a lot. When they have the good music, he sits in the chair and he really rocks in the wheelchair. I can imagine that, yeah. I can't walk either. I'm in a wheelchair and I've had some problems with my fingers. Uh, I don't play anymore. I haven't. I, I, I had to give it up. And, uh, you know, my wife died. Uh, two years ago. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. I keep as active as I can. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm glad to hear that. Well, I surely appreciate you calling. What? And uh, like I said, I'm going to tell Marvin you called, but I don't know if he, he can probably won't. that or not. Yeah, but anyway, anyway, give him my best. He's still one of my favorite people, you know. Okay. Take care. You too. All right. Bye bye. Bye bye. Oh, oh Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. I was afraid of that. No, Horace. Dogger the hole. Yeah. Yeah, and so tight. Yeah. Horace is being helped into a light summer jacket. The nurse brings his wallet and his keys. She puts them in his pocket. She places his cap on his head. Do you have everything? She asks. Have a good evening. For a small yearly fee, Horace subscribes to a disability service that allows him to take a number of trips around the Danish island of Sealand every year and he uses his trips to go to jazz clubs, especially jazz club Montmartre. The years that Norma was here, uh, I didn't go anywhere because she was a dement and it didn't feel right for me to go off and leave her. She wouldn't have been able to go, and she loved the music too. She loved the music as much as I did. 
when she when she was gone. Then I it took a more than a half a year before I finally said, "There's got to be a way for me to get in there." Okay. I'll just get to the jazz house. Jazz house, my mantra, yeah. yeah. Takes an hour and a half to drive down this way. They pick me up there and drive me back. Very excited about hearing the music. Hi. Hi. Outside Manmatra, some of Horace's friends gather around the wheelchair and lift him up the stairs and into the jazz club. So it's nice to see you. Today is my birthday, 84th birthday. Yeah, come in. Now, Horace. Hey, now. Horace's friends, most of them jazz musicians, arrived to celebrate his birthday. Happy birthday, man. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Godt at se dig til lykke. Hi, Horace. Hi, Horace. Hi, Horace. Hi, Horace. Hi, yeah. You should see Horace uh, when your countrymen hear that you are there yeah. or coming. Ah, oh, they can't wait. I, I appreciate that too because it, it shows that I'm not forgotten. You're not forgotten at all. Mm -hmm. Nice to have you around. 
Nice you are, yes. Very nice you are. I hope I'll be around for a while. (laughs) You're not leaving. Yeah, well, like I'm doing the best I can, man. That's That's great. uh, Very good. Very good. Because I know there's going to be a lot of good music to hear. It keeps me, keeps me going. Yeah, great. I sometimes dream about, you know, I'm where she's sitting on the other side of the room. There's a cat sitting on her lap, and then, uh, you know, she disappears. I'm not lying when I dream. And I can walk and, you know, know, I dream of having conversations with musicians that uh, I've played with who have been dead for a long time. I met um, a saxophonist named Eddie Lockjaw Davis. I think I was on an airplane. He's some kind of steward on a big, you know, like a jumbo jet. I was asking, uh, how did he get here? I didn't get an answer, actually. He didn't know either. Horace, this is Barry Harris speaking. Oh, man, we haven't seen you in so long. Hey, Horace, Billy Hart. I will never forget when you came and played with us with the Mingus Band. Horace, this is Danny Mixon. I haven't seen you since I was working um, at the Mamatra. A portrait of Horace Parlin was produced by me, Rick Holt, and it was a falling tree production for the BBC World Service. Hey, Horace, man, this is Junior Mans. Hang in there and stay well, baby. <laughs>